You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hey everybody, I'm back. It's uh, Monday night, time for American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. How's everybody doing? I just got back from a much-needed vacation, so uh, my mind may not completely be where it needs to be in order to be talking uh, on the mic today, but I will do my best. So uh, my guest tonight, uh, I, you know what, man? I just hit It just hit me. I've never heard your name said out <laughs> loud, so I, I, this always happens to me. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it, and if I fuck it up, then that's that's then then that's just I'm, I don't that's think I will. Great. But here we go, right. uh, Justin Demert. Very good. Wow. I, I was right. Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody says Demert. No, you. Oh, definitely thank were God. Right. All right, that's what I thought it was. Uh, okay, so good. Um, so my guest tonight, Justin Demert from uh, Broken Television Entertainment, and then joining us is uh, Kate. And uh, what's your last name, Kate? Shepard. Shepard. Easy to remember. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I was worried. It was. I was like, I could try it, but it was, but um. Uh, so anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for having us. I met you guys. We'll get into we'll get your story in a in a in a, in a moment here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I met you guys about a year ago uh, through a friend who's been on the podcast several times, Chris Nelson. Uh, and he uh, is a is a actor, and he um uh was involved in a uh, project of yours called Memoirs of Roth City, which oh, we yeah. will be getting into uh, in detail later. But before we do, I I, I just wanted to um. First of all, to say I, I met you guys, I was an extra in a, in a police station scene uh, about a year ago, and that's when I met you guys and became familiar with the project and how like uh, extensive it really is. You guys had a full crew on that set, and, and it was a uh, it was a you know legit production, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's and, not just us. Well, <laughs> and uh, so, but I want to get uh, the story. Then I want to get your, your guys' story. So, but we're gonna start with Justin, and okay. so just tell us about yourself, man. Like, where'd you grow up, and uh, and 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 all that kind of stuff. Well, I was born uh, northern Michigan, in a little town called Roscommon, um, and you know back. While ago, I don't want to say the year. Has been. Uh, <laughs> I've never. I don't ask people their ages. I will occasionally ask where they were born. I I did that like the first three shows, and then I was like, "That's I shouldn't ask that question." So, <laughs> no, I was born up in a little tiny town called Roscommon. Graduated with like a hundred and five people or whatever. It was really small. Mm. Um, and then yeah, just growing up there, not really a whole lot to do. So pretty much all I did was watch movies. I mean, I feel like that's almost every filmmaker's story of why they got into film. They just watched movies, fell in love with it, and that's pretty much what I did. Uh, got into acting when I was young in high school. Had an amazing uh, drama teacher, Mrs. Murray, who really helped break me out of my shell because I was a super shy child. And uh, after getting into acting, I, like I said, I fell in love with it, and it just kind of went from there. So how'd you end up down here in the Detroit area? Then a lot of my family lives down here, and so like my mom's side of the family, aunts and uncles, cousins, and whatnot. We got a huge family, and she ended up eventually moving down here, and I just kind of sort of followed suit with them. Uh, Can't remember how old I was. I think it was around twenty or something like that, okay. <clears throat> and. Uh, kind of stuck around and ended up falling in love with the place. It's great. That must have really had an effect on you, though, being spending the first 20 years of your life in northern Michigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, in that atmosphere and then coming down here to the suburbs and the city. Bit of a system shock for sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, so did you tell us about when you first started getting into filmmaking? You said you had done some acting in school. Yeah. And did you did you make like your own little short films in school? Or oh, of what? course. And they were horrible. <laughs> 
uh, you know, as they always are. Right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, who's to say they're not still horrible? But anyway, um, <laughs> no, they're. Uh, I, I started. You know, I had a couple of friends up there that were really into it, like I was too, and we would just kind of make little short films here and there, just kind of for ourselves. You know, nothing. do you remember the first one you did? Never. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to say it. Uh, so there's actually little clips on my Facebook page. Any anybody who's friends with me can actually go see them. It's called Whitehead, and it's Whitehead. Like, yeah, it's really horrible. Uh, <laughs> definitely watch it. So it's uh, supposed. It was supposed to be like this horror movie, but it was so terrible it turned into like a comedy thing, uh, and it's it's just really bad. So yeah, that's pretty much Whitehead. it. Well, you guys, what's it about? Like, what was the I don't the know. <laughs> it was just some kids with a camera fucking around. Pretty with a much. It, pretty much. It's, uh, God, it's not even worth really talking about. It's so bad. Well, we'll move on then. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, so you moved down here when you were 20, and, and what were Ish, you doing? Yeah. Like, what was your, uh, like, what was the next step then? Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I kind of bummed around for a while. I didn't really do a whole lot with like film and all that for quite a while. Um, I did go to Western Michigan University. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah, for a very short period of time and uh, kind of got into a little more film stuff there. Really, really got into like creative writing. Writing is my serious passion. That's that's what I do most. And uh, Same here. I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that, that was pretty much my thing, writing and falling in love with film. I think the thing that really made me love it the most was just the stories that were told through it. Like I love really good writing in film it's 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 not necessarily all about the shots to me like when i'm watching a film like yeah that's a lot of fun that's cool but when there's a really good story that's when i can get behind it and so that's what i wanted to do and so just kind of going and writing and writing and writing i mean actually speaking of memoirs uh i've been writing that since about 2008 you oh know? wow yeah 10 years yeah 2008 it's uh it's been, <laughs> been a very long thing and it wasn't supposed to be anything you know it just through writing i ended up was it always a screenplay or was it originally a novel or something? Or? It was kind of just short stories mm -hmm. at first. I uh, had this idea for this guy. Uh, he had no name and he was just kind of running around taking out bad guys. And it was horrible back <laughs> then too. You know, I mean, you know, everybody advances, you know, as, as, as they go, the things get better. But You can't uh, really think that everything that you do is horrible though. Because every <laughs> single time that you've brought it up, you're like, yeah, but it sucks. It's like, just <laughs> bad. No, 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 no. It's, it's really, it's, it's really cool now, but you know, it, I'm being honest, like, you know, starting things out, you're going to go through those weird, awkward phases, you know, trying to work things through and uh, you have to fail anyways yeah. to get good at something. You have to allow yourself your sucking period. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm very open about my sucking period. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we'll jump. When did Broken Television Entertainment come about and how did okay. – uh, and just tell us the story of that. So I went to Specs Howard uh, 2011, 2012 and uh, for, you know, video and stuff like that and uh, met a couple of guys, Nick Cushman and Chris Wright. And we ended up becoming really good friends while we were in school there. And it's like a short little eight month program or whatever. And through that, we became really good friends. And a couple of years later, we just kind of all got together one night and started talking about different ideas that we had for film. Never really planned on actually doing anything. My buddy Nick uh, told me about this idea for a show that he had called Odd Friends about this group of just people that live together and they get into like these really weird things. He wanted it to be kind of like a um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia thing. Mm. And I had been watching a lot of The Office. And so we turned it into this mockumentary instead and we filmed it and it was just 
history from there, I guess. Um, yeah, so we got together and just kind of made Broken Television Entertainment. So that was 2012 is when it started then? 2012 is when I met them and then 2013, 2014 is when we started okay. Broken Television, yeah. Okay. And and uh, before we get too deep into that, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you from earlier, who are your, your inspirations as far as filmmaking? You oh. said you like good writing, so I imagine I you probably like guys that write their own movies too. <laughs> Sometimes. So one of, my, <laughs> one of my biggest inspirations is actually, oddly enough, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have always loved Robert Rodriguez mostly just because of how like honestly technical he is. Mm -hmm. Like he's just, he's one of those guys that just does everything. And he, you know, ever since he started, he's just done everything. And I've listened to a lot of different like speeches he's given on filmmaking itself. And he's just got so much wisdom and knowledge about it. It's cool. You know, I mean, he, he does these things like spy kids and things like that, that no, I don't really care about, but then he hits you with something like sin city. Right. And it's just, or El Mariachi, you know, like that movie. The itself. faculty. The, yeah. Right. The faculty. It, it's awesome stuff, you know, and I, I can't really, ex- you know, a lot of people think I would love like Quentin Tarantino, for example, just because of the writing aspect. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like Quentin Tarantino, but he's definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, definitely Robert Rodriguez is probably my biggest inspiration. What's an example to you of like a perfectly written script? Like oh, what's a movie that you would say has a perfect script? Oh, that's uh Wow, that's a good one. Um, define perfect. Just tight, like you said. Like to me, good writing in a movie. Like in this, I, I I'm trying to think of like my own example. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, a good it, one. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Seven Psychopaths. Oh yeah, uh, Martin that? McDonough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He's a great writer. Yeah, yeah. Three Billboards uh, mm-hmm. from last year was a great movie. We just watched that movie. Actually, oh it was really? Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Seven Psychopaths is one of my favorite movies for sure. Uh, just it, it's just got, it's hard to describe, but like when is. you know it, you see it, right? Yeah. It's just like it doesn't waste any screen time. It doesn't right. waste any. Bu- there's no bullshit. It's just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. From one thing to the other. You know, perfect writing to me is character development. Mm-hmm. I guess it's all about. Um, yeah, to me, it's all about the characters because that's why we watch movies. I feel like is to fall in love with or hate the people. That are being portrayed in them, mm-hmm. and, and uh, maybe watch them go from like start off hating them, yeah. and you end up loving. Them, oh right? my god, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, like the story itself and the events that are happening, yeah, those are important. But to me, if you don't care about the characters, you don't care about the people that are in them, then you're not necessarily going to care so much about what they're doing either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. It, I guess the perfect writing to me would definitely be character development and falling in love with or hating the characters that are in it making the feeling something absolutely right. absolutely um so after odd friends which was the genesis the first project mm-hmm. that the broken television did uh what what where'd you go from there what was it what did you just branch out or was it immediately roth city it we was like very ignorantly decided to jump it right into roth city okay it was, yeah. it was uh fuck this we're gonna we're gonna we're going <laughs> right for it we're gonna go as big as we possibly can. yeah yeah that was uh I say ignorantly, but that was that was definitely uh, that was definitely our next thing, and it was a lot more than I feel like uh, we thought, or we I think we thought that we could handle it more than we could at the time. It's been a very long process, um, and a lot of that is because honestly, we didn't necessarily know what we were getting ourselves into. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it is a very big project, um, but I'm really glad that we did it when we did it. Uh, sure, it's been a three to four year project that we've been doing, but if we wouldn't have started it when we started it, we wouldn't have met half the people that we needed to meet when we met them. Mm-hmm. You know, if we would have waited for four to five years, those people would have been gone by now. 
And who knows where the hell we would have been. So everything that's happened with it so far has just been snowballing and just getting so much momentum and it's been going so great. And it's because of all of the things that we've stumbled over and tripped over and some of the things that have pushed us back that have led us to something else. And that, the people you've met. Right? And the people that we've met. That's the biggest part. Well, I, 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 I'm so glad I said that because that's a segue into bringing Kate into the conversation because Kate, you met Kate after you started Broken Television Entertainment. Now, Kate, we're going to back up a bit. I want to get your story from you. So just tell us about yourself and, and give you, you know kind of what Justin did at the beginning. Um, I don't really have much of it. Backstory, uh, grew up in a small town too. Um, you know, I was always kind of creative. I never, I was never into acting though. I was never into film. Um, I, I didn't, you know, think to go anywhere near that. And, uh, so it's complete opposite then of, of Justin's background. And yeah. Justin grew up watching movies. And I mean, I grew up watching movies too, but <laughs> no, <laughs> like, uh, but you right. never thought he was, he was like, Oh, I want right. to do this. You never thought like, oh, no, I, I was more like, uh, I was, uh, you know, rock and roll into starting a band and, you know, painting and artwork and whatnot. But so, you know, I always kind of had that creative aspect to me, but, um, do you, do you play at all or you sing or what <laughs> no. do you do? No. <laughs> uh, well, I used to be able to sing, but not so, not so much anymore. But she the, sings. She's, she's pretty good. Well, did you, did you form a band then? Or yeah. What yeah. was, tell us about the band. Uh, God, which one? Uh, <laughs> give us, give us an overview of what you did. It was uh, your first band. Well, yeah. I, I've never really learned how to play the guitar. I always faked it. Uh, it was, Bar chords all the whole time. <laughs> um, I guess our claim to fame was playing brain stew over and over and over <laughs> again in my neighbor's basement. And I mean, it was just it was it was for fun. You know, I never expected it to go anywhere or anything. It was just kind of a creative outlet. Um, but, you know, after high school, that kind of stopped. And um, I ended up, you know, coming on board with Broken Television as uh, an improv actress for my first time. I said, what the hell? You know, I'm. Might as well do it, you know. It's mm-hmm. so you've done you've done a whole bunch of different creative stuff. You did the music stuff, you did the the art stuff, like you said, mm-hmm. and, you, and then you also did acting and improv. So how'd you get into acting and all that? I literally just showed up. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of where, where at? What was the what was the venue or whatever? Like what was the? So the, basically, it was just like we were just looking for somebody to play a certain role, and she kind of responded to the role and ended up showing up one day and. It, Again, this was back when we first started, so like 2013, 14 or whatever. So you just put an ad out? like Yeah, kind of, yeah kind of. She just – yeah, she heard about it through a mutual friend and oh, okay. uh, she came through and – What was the role then? Well, it was explained to me as a bitchy producer <laughs> oh, okay. and um, <laughs> I was like, okay – you know, I just, I kind of, I was really nervous, uh, but I got there and I just kind of like let my inhibitions go and I was like, just do it. Like, you know, you're not going to embarrass yourself by trying to act. You're going to embarrass yourself more, um, you know, by being fake and being nervous about it. And mm-hmm. actually one of um, the girls that is starring in Odd Fred's Caitlin actually gave me that advice. And I, I, I got there and I was like, no, you're right. Like, why would I be nervous about it? Just go, just go do it. Like, just do it. And from there, I mean... I expressed interest in getting involved and I was working with them. I got really close with, uh, you know, working with Justin and Nick. And then, you know, Nick uh, handed his role of casting director down to me after working with them for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when I met you guys, you were like obviously Justin's second in command and you were you were, like I said, administrator of everything. Mm -hmm. It was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so clearly you got you got handed responsibility after responsibility. Right. And clearly you could you could handle it because you kept getting them. Right. Right. Well, 
interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, too, I got thrown into the makeup department um, since we did that forty-eight hour film festival. Yeah, um, oh, I love those. So I, yeah, yeah such uh, chaos. It's horrible, <laughs> but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I got thrown into doing that, and I, I I'm just kind of winging it in the makeup department, and I think like my creativeness is uh, helping with that because I just I don't know what I'm doing. Well, but actually it sounds like it works out because you started off, you said you didn't really have a particular focus on any creative, particular creative pursuit. Yeah. So that kind of works now. You're kind of like, well, I can do makeup, I can do casting, mm-hmm. I can do producing, you know, whatever whatever yeah. you need. Yeah. Um, what are your, could you list off besides makeup like your other duties? Because <laughs> like, oh, to me it looked uh, like you were doing pretty much everything. Can we just label it everything yeah. that Justin yeah. doesn't want to well, do? I guess. I'll say, what don't you do? How about that? It's <laughs> a shorter list. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we all um, – it's not just me. It's its everyone that's involved in this uh, company, this project. Um, you know, we step in where we can and we do what we got to do basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, just, I don't know, helping each other out. And well, how many people are done. with you guys now? How many people? So it's – the main group, there's probably about five of us. Uh, it's me, my friend, uh, and my actual partner now – David Adamchek, DJ, uh, Kate, and then we have Peter Putman and a guy named John Holland. And we all kind of oversee like our own little things. Uh, you know, we delegate things to each other that we can't do or whatever. Like DJ, for example, he DJ pretty much controls most of like the crew stuff, scheduling and all the technical kind of side of things while I'm working on like the writing and making sure that we have what we need to get the shoots done. She works with like, the casting and all that, uh, a lot of the the actors and things like that. And then she's also diving into the makeup department, which she's done a phenomenal job with. <laughs> uh, John, he handles most of our props and builds things when we need him to. And then Peter is like our all around camera guru, okay. you know, so it's, it's, we definitely have our own little departments but we do constantly just mesh with each other to figure out what the hell's going on you know and then you take on various freelancers and other actors yeah. and things like that as yeah. needed right so yeah so when we get new actors she takes care of that when we get new crew members dj takes care of that okay so that's well wow, so everybody's filled their role then it's it sounds like it's yeah. it's pretty much like a uh you know a, a machine that's humming along oh now. yeah Oh yeah, we I definitely couldn't do this without any of them. <laughs> well, let's let's back up again then. Sure. We'll go back to uh when Roth City started. Oh, so, boy. and I, in fact, we'll go back even farther cuz you said you started writing it in 2008. Yeah. What was the original like inspiration for it? Like what what spurred you to write this and what spurred that first character that without the name that went around taking out bad guys? Well, um I suppose we can get a little heavy into it. Uh it's kind of a very dark time in my life. So, like, my brother passed away in 2007, and after that, I was kind of in this weird limbo, sort of lost kind of feeling, you know, and I just started writing about this character that he and I kind of created uh, when we were kids, um, and so I decided just to kind of cope with him passing just writing about this guy. We never had a name for him or anything. And it just kind of went from there. And so I would just kind of write little stories about him. And I started looking at all the different little stories that I had written and they started kind of making us a longer story. And so I just kept up with it. And it was one of those things where every night before I'd go to sleep, I would think about this character and what else he was doing. And then I'd fall asleep thinking about that, wake up the next day, almost forget about it the next night, go to bed. And it, you know, so just, kind of progressed through that and eventually 
again, snowballed until it's now the story that it is now. Okay. So how much did you have like when you, when, uh, broken television, you, you brought it to broken television and said, let's fucking turn this into a movie. Pretty much everything that we're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. As we've been filming, though, it's been kind of weird. The story has changed. Right. And still now, the story is still constantly kind of changing. But the overall feeling and the major characters that are in it, they were already there. So, like, I mean, I've already got three seasons basically written in my head, like not actually typed up. Three, like, seasons of like a, like a television show. Yeah, like it's... yeah, yeah. The plan is to make this a full series if we can. Wow. Um, three se- how many episodes per season? Each episode sh- planned for 13 episodes or wow. each season planned for 13 episodes one hour a piece and then the final episode of each season i ideally want to be about an hour and a half to two hours okay now this is all grand scheme goals of course right, you know, we'll right. see where it goes from there but that's that's the idea so let's try to think of like so we'll talk about this first like sure. the, the actual story tell us about memoirs of Roth city and like what it's what it's about and sort of the the where it, at least because it's a tough it's going to turn into a television series yeah. and it's kind of difficult to go into too much sure, right sure, sure. A lot. but just kind of give us the basic premise and the setup so the basic premise uh how it starts at least is it starts out with this guy known as jim haglin who's played by the wonderfully talented mike tremblay um i mean guys just brilliant, at least, especially in this role. But anyway, uh, Jim Hagland is a bail bondsman and he used to be the lieutenant of the police force several, several years ago. And, uh, while he was still the lieutenant on the police force, his daughter went missing when she was like 11 years old or something like that. And he kind of lost his mind and throughout the years had been trying to, uh, find her. And he started using resources from the police department to find her. And he eventually was forced into kind of an early retirement. Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing was ever resolved. He has no clues whatsoever. Fast forward about 12 years into the future. And here he is as this kind of broken down now bail bondsman with nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn, no family to speak of whatsoever. And he out of nowhere gets a clue possibly of who took his daughter. So enter Sam, which is the character that used to have no name. Enter Sam, who is this bounty hunter who also used to work as a detective in the homicide division under Jim Hagland. And he, Jim Hagland ends up putting Sam on the case of finding this person, but doesn't tell him why he's actually going after this person. And it ends up sending off this huge, horrible chain of events uh, for Sam and Jim and uh, the city itself, actually. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about bringing that to life. It it's 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 been a it's been a ride. Um, like how did it start? Like what was the it, first, you know? Like- it just started. So it it all started by you know obviously the script and stuff and talking to Nick and DJ and Kate and everybody about like you know, just doing this and if this is even possible and it all just started with a casting call, mm-hmm. you know, see if we could actually, originally it, we didn't really look for it to be as big as it is turning out now. Uh, we just wanted a couple of friends to kind of get together and just film this and see where we can go with it. And we put out this little casting call and all of a sudden these actors just started flowing in after hearing a little breakdown from it and whatnot. Uh, Chris Nelson that you just talked about was actually one of the first people to audition. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was cast immediately. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the guy's brilliant. Uh, he's an amazing character actor. But, you know, and so we just put out this casting call and 
all these people responded and we casted some people and then we shot a little short film for it and then more people started getting interested and I thought, shit, <laughs> I have to do this now. Right. <laughs> and uh, so it just – again, it just kept snowballing and spiraling out. Well, when you first started out, mm-hmm. did you have the three seasons plotted out or was that – Plotted uh, out, yeah. So it's it's always been three seasons. Three seasons is what I have, yeah. That's, that's what I – I think that's a good – hole for it. And again, we'll see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. it could be less, could be more. Who knows? Well, is it like a, um, is it a story with an end like Breaking Bad or is it more of like an open-ended? It's, like it's definitely got an end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely got an end. Um, I, I, I believe in endings unlike <laughs> some of these more uh, indie things like... Uh, unlike Lost. Unlike yeah, Lost. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I, I don't, you know, Sopranos, I don't like these shows that just end like you got to wrap it up, man. Don't leave me hanging like that, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's, yeah, it's definitely got an ending. Okay. Well, um, tell us about the production process. Cause if you started it, I mean, you know, when was that? Five years ago, give or take. Uh, I mean, that's half a decade of production, you know? So, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's, it sounds like you work on it kind of like, you know, as people are available too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because that's another thing that's, that's a pain in the ass, you know, doing this is you gotta kind of work around people's schedules. Yeah. Um, we, we have actually, it's more now, but, uh, about a year, two years ago, I actually counted the number of people that were attached to this project in one way or another, and there are over 80. Oh my so God. So working with all of those schedules has been a nightmare you know yeah. and then we can usually only film on weekends and stuff so it's just that and that's a big reason why it's taken so long to do what we've had to do but pretty much how it goes is we we get together the core group figure out what we want to shoot next why we want to shoot that next and when we want to do it and then we reach out to everybody else and sometimes they can't and so we got to re- reschedule things and it's horrible what do you have left to do we only have Two more scenes left to do, uh, which is mind blowing to me because, again, four or five years of filming this, doing nothing but filming this has now boiled down to two scenes, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, and they're both scenes with Sam, the the lead. And we haven't really sh- which I'm actually playing Sam. But I was going to say, because yeah. you wear makeup for that and I've yeah. seen the pictures. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's him, but yeah. it could just be somebody with like long hair and a beard. Like I don't. But <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and we, we haven't, you know, it's, it, we, we film scenes with Sam and it's, it's always a strange experience for me, especially trying to, cause I'm directing it as well. So mm-hmm. trying to direct it and play this character at the same time is, is weird. And again, my history with writing this and why I wrote it and all that kind of stuff, it, it gets heavy for me, you know? So do, do you think a part of you maybe kind of doesn't like want to end it because giving it you the closure would mm-hmm. be, you know, sort of like something that you might not be ready for yet? Um, no, I, I actually, I'm, I'm pretty excited to end it. And, uh, I think, I think that's uh that's a good thing like it, it's got an ending mm-hmm. you know and and it's it needs an ending and at least for me personally I just getting it out there and actually finally letting it all go it's almost like a burden would be lifted I was going to say because some people like have a difficulty like they can't let that go like you mm-hmm. said like they they have to um they're afraid of what will happen if they do. For sure. You know, despite yeah. as, despite carrying it, you know, they're kind of like, well, I've, I've worked with this for so long that, mm. you know, like there's, I don't know if you, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 
uh, the the final take that Peter Jackson did. If you've watched the the extended edition documentaries, and I can you're smiling, oh, so yeah. I, feel, I have a feeling you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> he kept doing that same take yeah. over and over and over, and it was with Elijah Wood as Frodo, and like everybody was talking, and they're like, he's got the freaking take, like yeah. he's got it, <laughs> but he just kept going and going and going because when it ended, he was like, I don't want this to be over. This has been such an amazing experience, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be uh, it is going to be heavy when it finally ends. I don't think I, I think it's one of those things that really isn't hitting me. You know what I mean? At least not right now. But when we get to that final moment, especially if we can continue the show the way we want to and we get to that final ending. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like, I don't know how I'm going to actually handle that, but it's 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 going to be interesting. You know, and through the script, obviously, I mean, it's not really a spoiler alert. It's Memoirs of Roth City. If you've been following it all, you know, people die. But like <laughs> uh, when characters die off, we get I mean, already we're so attached to the actors themselves that play these characters. And when their characters die off, like even writing those scenes, it's going to be weird. It's going to be like, you know, almost losing a family member in a way, you know, like uh because we've been so used to just going on set and filming with them and all that, so it'll be an interesting uh, experience. That'll be sh- yeah. Sure. Now, you, now you know how Game of Thrones feels. Right? Uh, you <laughs> know, I don't think the creators of Game of Thrones give a crap. You know, like, <laughs> I think they're just ruthless. Certainly, people. George R. R. Martin. No, doesn't. he laughs at people's pity. Like you know, ah, you know. <laughs> Um, so what's next then? Once it's once it is finished, what what after that? I mean, I've got a lot of different little short films that I've been writing because I mean, like I said, that's what I do. I write, so I've got an entire book just full of these different short films and scripts that I want to do. And so I, once we're done filming this, I will probably just immediately start diving into that stuff and, and smaller scale stuff. Like you I want to do some smaller scale yeah. stuff for a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I have one feature film that I eventually want to do, um, but probably no more series for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, a lot of short films, a lot of horror. I, I, I really enjoy horror and just really creepy things. But uh, yeah. Uh, well, what's going to happen with uh, Roth City then? What's the, the plan for that? Um, so, you know, once we get done filming what we're filming now, uh, right now we're just filming kind of a pilot uh, proof of concept sort of thing. But we're filming nine short films that lead up to the series itself. And then we're shooting the very first episode of the series. And once we're finished with that, we will have a premiere so everybody can finally see what the hell this is. Mm-hmm. And they can actually watch it, come together, enjoy it together, the cast and crew. And then after that, it's all about just shopping that thing around and hoping somebody wants to pick it up or do something with it um, or getting funding to continue it. Uh, you know, we'll film see. Festivals, goes, type film festivals, type stuff, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And that, that, what's great about it is some of those short films, they go together to tell a story. Yes. But a lot of them are very standalone as well. So we can definitely do the short film circuit with some of those. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I have plans. I have ideas of what I want to do next. But. It's all kind of up in the air still. You put this much work into something, yeah. you know. It was you know ten years of writing it, mm-hmm. and you know five another, you know, kind of symmetrical there, right? Like yeah, right. So uh, five years of a production, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of like all this work has to lead somewhere, right? You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y- even yeah, if it's not so. what you're thinking, like you know, you still get something out of it, right? It's Absolutely. like it's you know just the experience meeting the people. You know, mm-hmm. you have your crew now, right? So it's like and. Also, the short films, now that it's like, now that you guys have done this major, uh, this freaking television series, you know? <laughs> like, if you started off with that, then a short film, you're just gonna be able to bang those out, right? It, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, that's another idea too that we've talked about. You know, if we can't 
get it to where we can actually fund or get a real series going who's to say we can't just do a series of little short films and stuff and turn it into kind of a serial kind of thing you yeah. know because that's the beauty of sam and the memoirs of roth city is you know the, the show itself is not necessarily supposed to be about the main character sam it's just told through his eyes mm-hmm. it's about the city and the people that are in the city so who's to say we couldn't just continue doing short films in that universe you know and and tell some of their stories so. and cinematic universes are where it's at right now oh too. You marvel like you, and, and well yeah not not just that but like they're trying to do it for everything now yeah you know? right um but uh, the thing what, – what would be great, you know, and I wish that Marvel would do this is uh, take like a character that you don't know a lot about, yeah. like Falcon or something, and give them their own thing. You know, right. like like give uh, – you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen Roth City, so sure. I can't I – can't, I don't have too much of a – but like the scene I was in yeah. was that there were a bunch of cops there and, mm. and uh, you know, maybe follow one of those cops for a day or something right. like on a little side quest of his own or her own. Right. Um, and actually that's kind of what the short films are a little bit is we take – Or the guy with the clipboard. Maybe The guy with the clipboard. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, no, but a lot of the short films, uh, that's kind of what they are too is they, they dive into – they don't necessarily tell their story so much because there's only so much we can do with a short film. But they do dive into who this person is, you know, so you get an idea for them. But no, I, I, I have – and it's a little insane, but I have full drawn out backstories for every single character that we see in this that has lines. Oh my god. Every single one and and I mean the cast is massive. So – you know, and it helps me when I'm writing the actual series because at least, you know, even if nobody else gets to see those, which I hope is not the case, I hope somebody gets to read those one day, but like it helps me while writing it because I know why these people are the way they are. So it kind of helps with their reactions to certain things that other characters are doing. And it's, it's, I, I kind of feel like I'm a little crazy myself sometimes with all these different voices in my head yelling at each other like you know well i wouldn't act this way well this is what i'm doing to this you know and well that must be really uh the actors must appreciate that though because when you when they go to you and say how would i react to this situation Mm -hmm. you know you're not just like i can tell them why yeah you're like i don't know you have one line (laughs) right right no even those one line people you come up with it right right. (laughs) but they 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 do and and we've gotten so many amazing performances out of some of these actors because you know, we we really do direct them. We let them know who they are. Uh, on our set, it's it's this big thing with me. If you're not playing a character, you are a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so Mike Tremblay playing Jim Hagland, he's not playing Jim Hagland. He is Jim Hagland, and this is what Jim Hagland does and why he does it. You know what I mean? Is that like a only when the camera's on type thing, or is it a Daniel Day Lewis? I want you as soon as you walk on set until you leave. No, no, like, no, because there's some horrible, horrible people that are in this show, and I don't want to. I don't want to. That would get kind of complicated. There, yeah, right? like like uh, if I call you, you pick up the phone. It better be in character, right? Right. <laughs> right. Like we got this one character, Hosfried, the entertainer. Uh, he's this, uh, that's the top hat wearing guy. Yeah, man. He's, he's this really just crazy guy played by a guy by named Brandon Rush. And he's this, uh, multiple personality, uh, cannibal. Oh. And so we don't want him on set all day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We'll, no, good point. We'll, we'll yeah. let Brandon just kind of, uh, <laughs> go in and out of that. That but could get messy. It could get very messy. <laughs> Some of our scenes with him have gotten messy, but who is your favorite character? Oh, don't ask me that. Um, <laughs> I besides actually, Sam, who I can tell. I actually, is, I don't is, like Sam that much. You don't like no, him. Sam's a horrible person. And well, I mean, but you, like you said earlier, like you could, well, you know, the whole, hating a character makes you, you know, see the whole, interesting. the whole point of Sam, and this is a little weird and unorthodox is that Sam's not necessarily supposed to have that big of a personality, mm. you know, like he is Sam 
and that's it. He didn't even, I didn't even give him a last name. I didn't give him much of a backstory. And the whole reason is because he's essentially just the vessel that's basically driving people through the city. Okay. Um, the other characters are where I see it's more important. You know, like, like you mentioned the cop scene with, uh, the police officers that are there. Jason Kent, uh, the one guy that got headbutted and knocked in front of your feet. Yeah. He's, yeah. I look at him as actually probably one of the most main characters in the show hmm. just because of what he ends up going through. But my favorite character is probably a character named Bramungo Shegnikov, who's played by, uh, the amazingly talented Jonathan West. Um, and he's just say that name again, <laughs> <laughs> Bramungo Shegnikov. Bramungo Shegnikov. Yeah, man, he's this uh, mercenary who um, was pretty much stolen when he was an infant uh, by this uh, sort of like covert military like operation sort of a secret military operation and they just beat him into submission from the day that they had him until he was big enough to you know fight and they beat him into submission and turned him into basically their trained dog Mm -hmm. and he was he becomes this war machine and uh the whole time that they're doing this with him you know it's kind of turned him into one of those things they snap their fingers and he kills that's Mm -hmm. that's his whole purpose and throughout this whole time his mother who he was taken from and you know we dive into some of these stories we try to anyways his mother who he was taken from uh she has been trying to look for him and eventually she finds him and she like she has her own little group of mercenaries that attacks their camp to try to get him back and the general comes out and snaps his fingers and makes bermungo kill her oh my god yeah so it's and then so after he realizes what he did, that's when he finally snaps. He breaks out of there. He ends up killing his own jet, the, the general of this little group or captain, whatever you want to call him. And he escapes and ends up in Roth City. And long story short, gets wrapped up with this main group of villains. But he's such a deep, introspective character. And you wouldn't so think brutal. that orig- initially. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. so brutal, but he's so wise and he's just so like I said, introspective and he's just amazing. And the way Jonathan plays him is beautiful. Is he the guy in the, cause I've watched the teaser trailers, mm-hmm. both of them. Is he sure. the bald guy with the, the, the he looks like he's got, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's, that's so him. funny. Cause as soon as you started describing him, I think he's only in like one or two shots, Yeah, but I remember this, <laughs> he's just sitting in like a waiting room or something. He just slowly turns at the camera. Yeah. 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 So that's funny that you, I, I didn't know who he was. You just <laughs> described him to me and I'm like, that had to have been him. That had to have been him. Yep. He's a, he's an amazing character and, uh, it's kind of sad to me because he's not shown too much in the pilot because, you know, he's not needed right now. But when we get into his episodes and his stories, man, going, diving into his backstory is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it, it's a wild ride. Um, and like I said, Jonathan plays him better than I think anybody else could have. He's just great. We almost actually had to write that character out because we couldn't find anybody that played him well enough. Oh, wow. And then here comes Jonathan. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, let's bring Kate back in yeah. here because I want I can tell you're getting too comfortable over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, tell us about casting this because he just mentioned Jonathan West. All these – how does that process – how do you go about that process? Um, I mean honestly really uh, I – post casting calls on these Facebook, uh, you know, actors of Michigan, uh, you know, just acting groups and um, people email me and I send them the sides and they video audition. We normally prefer to do, you know, live auditions, but sometimes we don't always have the time for that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been amazing just seeing what we get come in and um, just these people that you haven't seen in any local productions that will come forward and audition. And it just it, it blows me away. Um, we actually just did a casting call 
And it was uh, it's hard. I don't like telling people, I'm sorry, you don't have the role. And Mm -hmm. I I hate sending that email and I hate being the person to tell them that. But at the same time, you know, you got to do your job and. Just, you can just uh, make it as easy as possible and just send them just say no. Just <laughs> and just, no. just or a text or whatever. That's just the easiest. It's two letters, you know, like there's no hard feelings, just just no. No. A lot of them are actually um it's very not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. No, a lot of them um you know, they're very respectful. They understand. They they send me these messages back that's like, "Oh no, I I understand." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got to do what you got to do and um Who I have to ask, what role was the hardest to cast? Oh god. Mm. Bermungo, perhaps? Well, she I, wasn't actually doing casting then. That was, oh, really? that was Nick that had to cast him. Yeah. Uh, but that was the easiest cast because he walked in and he had it. Oh, yeah. but you it just I mean? took a while to find it. Yes. thing. Oh, okay. Um I I really don't know. Um I don't know. It's it's always it's always very difficult. Like you'll have your mind set on someone because the auditions obviously they don't all come in all at once. So mm. you see someone's audition, you get really excited about it, and you're like, mm. "Oh my god, this is they got the part." And then you see someone else's come in, and it's like, "Ah, well, they're you better." Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's well, that's just, like. Um, sorry to interrupt, no, but the last round of auditions we did before the one that we ended today uh, was for that Hosfried character I was telling you about his his little short film. Uh, you had the doctor. Uh-huh. Uh Dr. Garumsh and he you had somebody in mind and then one of the I believe it was like the day before the cutoff was yep. enter Eric Goldstein and just completely took yeah. it you know And that's usually how it happens it's usually like the day before or like the cutoff date is when you know not all the time but you know you, like you said you have something in mind and you just you're you're kind of set on it and then you you do you have to kind of take a step back and be like okay what is best for this production you know, who really looks the part, who is acting the part, are they directable, which is, you know, a big thing yeah. for him, um, which is hard with video auditions, too, because you can't always tell someone, OK, I like that, but change it just a little bit. Right. right. So we were considering doing callbacks a few times in certain, you know, casting calls. But and then sometimes, you know, just watching these auditions again, it's just like, well, you make up your mind. It's 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 weird. It's it's a weird Sad and exciting process. <laughs> well, so uh, tell us about makeup then. So, like, uh-huh. how do you how how do you decide what a character's look is going to be, and and how do you interact with Justin on that, and like, what's the, and then how do you actually bring it to bring it to the screen? Um, I, honestly, never I, thought I'd actually say that. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> no, um, Justin, you know, he has these characters in mind, and he tells me, you know, we talk about the character description. We, you know, he tells me what he's kind of looking for, what's going on with their character. Um, and again, I don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of, um, I, I'm not going to lie, I wing it. I will YouTube it. I will, you know, look up on forms or ask, you know, some someone online or, you know, and sometimes I'll look at what I've done and I'm like, that that looks like shit. Like, <laughs> that's really bad. But then, you know, it's it. you got to consider what it is. It's a no budget production. Um, but for what we're doing, I mean, it's it's working. And well, that's the thing, like, like, you know, at this level, right, mm-hmm. where it's just you can't you're, you're not paying people. Right. You're doing right. it solely on passion. Yeah. And your own drive. Right. To so make there are people who can't sustain that. The forty-eight hour film fit. There are people who can't sustain that for forty-eight hours. Yeah, let alone sustaining it for five freaking years. Yeah. So, just just on that, I mean, that is an accomplishment, right? Just oh, the fact yeah. you only have Thank two you, yeah. two things to film, uh, and yeah. then you're done. Right. You know. So, uh, 
you know, I wouldn't beat yourselves up too, no, <laughs> too no. much about that. About and, you know, not she, knowing, especially if you don't know, especially if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. right? And you still maintain it because that's what it is. Like, not giving up is the is the is the thing that will kill you. Right. You know, that's or it's giving up is what kills it. Right. Not giving up is what actually makes it happen. The people who give up, it never happens, regardless of how good they are at it. Right? Exactly. So, or how much they know what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. It's my little pep talk, you guys. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's going to keep me going. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can finish now. No, but really, that you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and she's selling herself short a little bit here. I mean, every makeup that she has done for this, all the scars, all the burns, everything has been absolutely beautiful for what we've needed for. Thank I didn't want to mention uh, Bermungo's scar because I thought it might be real. So the, yeah. I was like, if that guy actually, I don't want to be like, well, if that's a real scar. Then, right, yeah, right. I don't want to point that out. But see, there you go. There's well, a, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I am humble about it. But it's just, again, it's because it's, you know, just kind of just kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. You're winging it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. everybody's winging. I'm winging this podcast right now. So. <laughs> Doing um, a great job. <laughs> uh, but the the casting and the makeup that goes together, though. So, like, if you know, you said you talk about the characters yeah. and like what you what Justin's looking for and, and all that. You kind of look at an audition and go, "This guy doesn't look like a Bermungo. You know? Right. You know, this yep. guy's this guy. Even if he's reading the lines, awesome. He still doesn't have the, the right look. Right. So. Right. Exactly. And that's that's probably the hardest part too. Is when you get an actor that's so passionate about something and they're doing such a great job, but they just don't have the look. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to. Yeah, you sometimes have to cast off of that. And sometimes you find somebody who's got an amazing look for it, but then they don't read very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so it's definitely difficult. We've been lucky enough to have people audition that just really fit the roles and really do yeah. it well. You know, well, and and then uh, you know, with the people that don't have the look but could read great, what's great about them is that you can just say, well, uh, this part's not good for you, but I have this other part that that you because you're a good actor, yeah, you have this look that be you'd fit it better. We've so. done that with a couple actors, uh, Andrew Doc Collins and Joe Roach, actually both auditioned for completely different characters that they ended up with. Mm-hmm. And then one day we just called them back and said, Hey, by the way, we got this character. Do you want it? Um, so yeah, there's definitely that. It, it never hurts to audition at very least, you know? And so, all right, well, where are we here? We are coming up on about five minutes left. Um, so, uh, first of all, thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. oh 10 minutes. Well, I read my phone, right? It's, <laughs> it's, uh, seven So eight minutes. Yeah, eight okay, minutes. Yeah. Uh, I was rounding up, but uh, <laughs> now that everybody they, – they won't cut that out either, so everybody's good. Yeah. You have 12. 12 minutes. Thank 12 you, 12 minutes. Oh, my God. We can't get this right. Today, it's like our okay. films. I can tell. It's okay. <laughs> well, anyway, 12 minutes. So um, I, I'm just going to ask you, is there anything you guys want to whine about? We kind of we went over this at the beginning. I told you nobody really ever has anything, so if you don't, then that's cool, but you know, just out of curiosity. I got a little something to whine about, man, oh. and I don't think it's anything that anybody's ever going to change for the positive. Uh, all these different social media platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm getting old, man. Like I can keep up with my Facebook. I can't keep up with the the Twitters and the the what you the Instagrams or yeah. whatever you call them. You know, man, it's like we got our Facebook game going, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got a Twitter?" Well, yeah, but nobody runs it. <laughs> you know, but, I had a Twitter for this show, and I got rid of it. Yeah, I didn't I was so like, quickly. "What's the point?" It's the way I look at it is it's easier to. Just maintain one thing. I have the Facebook page. Yeah. It's like – and then that also is like that's where people go, right? They can yep. go to the podcastdetroit.com website. They can go to our SoundCloud mm-hmm. or um, – which is going to – they're going to be using a different platform soon. But um, – or if they need to get, like get in touch with me, they go to the Facebook page. There's right. only one spot. That way – 
you know, there's not all these multiple yeah. sort of tentacles that they that you have to hold on to at once becomes, to maintain the thing. It becomes a full time job that nobody wants, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Trying to manage all of them, like. Oh, good Lord. And and I understand the importance of all of them. Like not everybody uses Facebook. Some people exclusively use Twitter. And I say, get the fuck over to Facebook then or something <laughs> like, you know, but it's, it, it does. It becomes very difficult to manage that. And then I forget about him for like a year and a half. And then, I, oh, yeah, I have an Instagram and I'll post something. And then suddenly, oh, he's alive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrible. So that's, I guess that's my little wine for the day. Well, that's, that's one of the, that's a common topic actually. Is it really? Yeah. Social, I, I, I've said this on several shows now, but I'm so, I, I, I'm so happy I came up with it, but it's the, uh, (laughs) It's uh, the three topics are Trump, Twitter, and uh, traffic. <laughs> are the three Trump, most com- Twitter, and traffic. Yeah, I love the, it. like so. It's like Trump, politics, Twitter, social media, and then traffic. <laughs> people bitch about other people driving. Could so bitch about all of that. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, but yeah. Uh, so um, r- real quick. I mean, you said uh, you know you have some. You're going to be doing some uh, short films mm-hmm. once Roth City's done. You're mm-hmm. you're. Does, is anything scheduled for these last two scenes right now? Are you? Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna finish. Hopefully, we're gonna finish these last two scenes at the latest October. Okay, we've got September that we're gonna be shooting through, and then if we have to, October. If all goes well, like mm-hmm. well, I mean, because pitching and all that is such yeah. a—it's like who the hell knows. But if you had to guess right now, like when would you? When would you like Roth City to be seen? Like when oh, would Lord. the? So originally, at the beginning of this year, we said we were gonna have the premiere at the end of this year 2018 but that's probably not going to happen now uh so i'm thinking thinking right now beginning of 2019 beginning of 2019 beginning to middle of 2019 we'll have something ready and that premiere will it be just the pilot or will it be everything it'll be all the short films and the pilot okay yep so can every- i kind of go off topic too and mention the board game we haven't talked oh we have that. a board game yeah go go for it yeah Tell so uh one of our actors dave durham actually came up to us one day after listening to my little speeches about all the characters and he got inspired uh about He's, I guess he's always been a big gamer, you know, and board games and things like that. And he just loved the idea of it. And he thought of this little board game. And so he asked our permission to go ahead and go with it. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I was so busy. I didn't want to even think about it. And I didn't think I'd hear anything else. And he sure as shit came up with a board game, all the rules and everything. And he actually physically made the board game. So he too. made a prototype and he drew the board like by hand and we just kind of played around with it and I ended up falling in love with it too. We all did. And eventually we found a site that will help us publish it and I did all the artwork for it and it's actually finished. We're having a board game testing night on September 2nd to make sure all the kinks are worked out and then we'll start selling it. Wow. Yeah. So technically the movie is based on a board game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the show is definitely based on the based on the board game. Yeah. Memoirs of Roth City. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's uh, we can wrap it up there. Let's. Uh, All right, this cool. has been great, guys. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah. Uh, and um, I we'll, we'll have you on again some other time Absolutely. if you're interested. We do roundtables uh, quite often. So um, bring us on with Chris one day. That'll be yeah, fun. that would actually yeah. be a really good idea. Yeah, great. he hasn't been on since March. I don't think. Well, um, I'll tell him he's got to come on with us or he's fired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your scenes are deleted. Your We're scenes will be deleted. You. I could not replace him if I needed to. That's the worst part about it. He knows I can't even. Don't even joke that. about that shit. Don't like, even joke. <laughs> it's not funny. But um yeah so uh, I uh I will be back next Wednesday at the regularly scheduled programming time um and uh, I will see everybody then so thanks again Justin and Kate for coming on and uh this has been American Winer on podcastdetroit.com